I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You gotta tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon. I won't include the Brandon with the middle initial this time because you pointed that out what? on the vlog video that we did. So Are you kidding I'm me? I'm cutting it out. I know, different times. These are different times here. As soon as you hit 121, you just got a whole bunch of different expectations. Uh, I'm throwing off, dude. We're, I'm off my equilibrium now. <laughs> we're, we're officially a big time. Uh, we're, we're big time. And with that being said. <laughs> we're just straight up big time. <laughs> we're, just straight up, we're just straight up big time. Today's show is going to be a classic for you all. We can already tell before it even begins because that's just, we've got that type of uh, ability to see into the future. We're going to be talking about LeBron a bit. LeBron's my boy. Grew up in Ohio. Uh, followed LeBron his entire career. I know I know that Brandon's kind of a LeBron-ish fan as well. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, we're also going to talk about something really, really deep uh, where we're going to talk about your significant other going into a coma and how you would react to it. So that's going to be a topic of discussion in today's episode we're also going to answer a question from the audience and uh, we'll probably give you uh, a joke here or there in the uh, in the episode uh i'm gonna refrain from jokes this episode actually perfect the first episode with no jokes ever yeah this is gonna be really serious which ironically starts with a joke <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting how that works yeah it's uh, we like to keep you guys on your toes as as the saying goes everything must go that's what we've been doing the entire time see we started the show using our phones for the audio so you all would think these guys are amateurs they don't know what they're doing and then look at us now the video in today's episode might look a little bit better than some of the the past episodes we did say we want episode 121 to be better we said this way back when we started we said episode 121 should look better than 120 yeah remember we, that we definitely did say that um or one verbatim we said that verbatim yeah yeah verbatim we, yeah well you know what i've always wanted to do is have like a secret message in the episodes where it's we say something backwards but if someone were to play it backwards then it would tell them like a real message forward it sounds like a lot of work I, I got, I'm really busy today. Got Yo, some <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to do that. I used to sit there and like I would record myself and then play it backwards and then learn how to say it backwards so that if you so if I said it, it would like actually be a mess. I did that. Did, did you do that with your friends or just by yourself? <laughs> Mostly by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I might have showed my parents like, hey, check so this out. When you said the thing backwards, <laughs> did you record it and then play backwards to hear it forwards? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And did it sound okay? Uh, it sounded okay. It sounded like I, you I, had an accent or something. No, well, I would just keep doing it so it sound better every single time until eventually it sounded pretty decent. Okay. Because I, I don't know if you ever, uh, do you know about how like some songs they think like "Stairway to Heaven" if you play backwards, it the lyrics say something. Have you heard about this? I've before? heard about that. Yeah. Do you believe any of that? I think they've come out and denied it. Yeah, but like, I think they they think they deny it, but it still might be true. Like, do you think if you did do that, do you think that you would? Tell people, or you want to be a mystery forever? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like if someone figured that out, I'd be like, all right, you guys did it. You found the clue. <laughs> would you, though? Yeah, I would. Yeah, maybe I would. I, I just think it's it's so difficult that Led Zeppelin could somehow make a song that's like Stairway to Heaven forward. Some people think that the entire song is like audible lyrics about uh, just like satanic stuff. It's not. I've listened to it before. There's a few parts where I'm like, ah, that's actually pretty crazy, but I don't know. Do you remember what those parts are? Because yeah. I... Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like when he says, it's just a spring clean for the May Queen. If you play that backwards, it says like, 666, uh, make them suffer sad Satan or something. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> and the, the thing about that song, too, is that the lyrics are really weird. So part of me is like... If there was a band that already was weird that would try to find a way to do this, it would be a band like Led Zeppelin. But no. I don't, I'm not saying I'll buy I buy it. I don't buy it. I, I don't think I buy it either, but when I was a kid, it was the coolest thing ever when I found out about this. Cooler than you recording yourself backwards? Eh. <laughs> Cooler know. than Crazy Bones? Are that, you kidding me? Crazy, no, not cool and Crazy Bones. I was going to say, dude. That, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling your bluff with the coolest thing ever shit. Do you know that when I went home, I brought I brought, I brought back one of my Crazy Bones? Oh, did you? I Crazy Bone in, the, in my apartment. Dude, you better show that one to me before we Oh, before I, I definitely will. It's actually, I, I'm not a, I can't 100% confirm this, but it was my favorite one. It was Aggie. 
I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember Egg. It's like one of the only ones I actually remember because he's just a little egg. Everyone liked him for whatever reason. I uh, When I went home, I found one egg, and I was like, oh, this is great. I should bring this here. Back in my school, everyone liked the rocket one. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good one, too. I remember I, I traded for it. <laughs> oh, did you? Uh, shoot, I was just cutting deals left and right back in the day. I was telling Steven the other day that I would bring my Game Boy Color, and I had a link cable so I could trade Pokemon with people. And I had this guy. I, we had some friends around us watching us play each other. And then I was like, oh, you want to do some trades? And I had Red Version, I had Charizard, and I really wanted Blastoise as well. So I was like, I'll trade you a Hypno for your Blastoise. And he was about to do it. And then this other little oh, kid. Oh, yeah, you told me this on our hangout the other day. This other <laughs> little kid was like, no, don't do that. You could get your own Hypno. And I'm like, get the hell out of here, dude. I was like, why does this story sound so familiar? And then I realized that we had just talked about this. Yeah. And one of our... Uh, I think the last episode of the podcast, it was still summer. So now that we're here officially, um, it's officially in, fall in, in fall recording this one. <sighs> Is that an exhale of relief or it's disappointment? Like, it's definitely a disappointment because I love <laughs> being outside and, you know, we've been doing some of these, uh, like rooftop social distance hangouts and they're coming to an end. Like, I don't know how many of them are left before the weather gets too cold. It sounds like the end of life. No, no. I don't know how many we've got left. (laughs) No, I just. The winters are brutal. I just really like them. And then now I just, you know, they're a little limited. So I'm a little bummed about it. But, you know, I'll get over it. You'll get over it. You can make them like some uh, winter. Ooh, building some uh, snow forts. You probably did that a lot growing up, right? In Minnesota? uh, Yeah. What I would do is I would build multiple snow forts and I'd pretend I was in World War II (laughs) running through the snow forts. It was all by myself. I wasn't playing with anybody else. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had an amazing Making fun of me for me recording my vote. Dude, I was on the backyard winning wars. You were just recording <laughs> secret messages, probably yeah, for, the, for, the for the KGB, <laughs> you traitor. <laughs> wow. Um, did you say we had an audience question? Yeah, let, let's, uh, so we, we got to ask the question about uh, what our thoughts are on tattoos. And uh, oh. let's start with you, actually. Like, uh, well, I, I guess they probably only ask that. But do you want to know just my thoughts on myself getting a tattoo and other people having tattoos? Let's hear it all. all of it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to have, like, the longest answers for all of them, I'm assuming. Uh, Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, I actually want to get a tattoo, but it's such a big commitment that I want to do something that also takes a big commitment in order to get. I want to run a marathon, and then the tattoo would be kind of connected to that marathon and sort of metaphoric for life. Um, that's the only tattoo that I've really been interested in getting for myself. Uh, I like them on people. I think they look cool. I, I never really um, understood why people, like when I was growing up, I feel like people were a lot more against them. And just like, oh, you'll never be able to get a job with that. And I feel like that has definitely changed. They've become a lot more commonplace. I will say the face tattoos are a little much for me. Um, but honestly, dude, it's it's your life. Do what you want to do. I'm, I'm not going to be a hater on it. What do you think? Well, one one other thing on that. What what about? Uh, do you think that tattoos look attractive? Like like like, do you think like if a girl has a tattoo, do you think it adds, enhances, doesn't do much? So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it can. Yeah, I think uh, I've seen some women with tattoo like, uh, like really tatted up girls. I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty sexy or something. But I'm not. It's not like something I look for or I'm like open. I'm just I gotta get a girl with a tattoo. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. huge on that. It's just. Uh, um. Well, actually, and I I'll make this official. I have a girlfriend now, and Ooh. she. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has a tattoo, but it's just a small one on her shoulder. Um, it's a DFTBA. Don't forget to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, the only the only reason I'm dating her is because of that tattoo. So dude, at least we got confirmation on the show. <laughs> All right, now, um, now your thoughts. Okay, so y- yes, I do like them a lot. I don't have any at this point. I'm actually I'm kind of surprised that I don't have any at this point because. I've been wanting to get them since I was, like, 18. But I'm such a, like, I'm always, like, thinking things through, and I get, like, a little paranoid about, oh, it's got to be exactly perfect, which is weird because I'm not a perfectionist, but for tattoos specifically, 
makes me really nervous to get the wrong one because I've already some of the ideas I had when I was 18, I've been like, kind of yeah. glad I didn't do those. So that definitely held me back before in the past. And also I'm just kind of bad about doing things like that. Like having to schedule it. I, I don't know. Just like, I, I don't really know what the process is. So I haven't done it yet. I will do it. I will vlog about it as soon as I um, make it a thing. How many tattoos I'll get? Like, I've definitely, I'd say it wouldn't be out of the question. I get a half or a full sleeve. Like, I definitely would consider doing that at some point. Um, but yeah, so I, I do like them a lot. I don't really like colored tattoos that much. Like, ones with like tons of color on. Like, mm. it's just not my preference in terms of like the aesthetic of them. I like just kind of colorless tattoos more. But, either can look good and then in terms of um like if i think that they're attractive they're they're kind of hit or miss for me uh it, it really just depends on it like i've seen uh i've seen people have them before and i'm like okay i really like i really i like it a lot and i've seen them before where they're just kind of dumb and they just look kind of tacky and i just don't like them like one bit so i'm definitely not one of those and and and, and on this topic like I really do think that sometimes people who have tattoos are actually just pretentious about them. Like they get a tattoo and all of a sudden like that makes them deep. I've, I've said this to you before where people act really deep when they have tattoos and I hate it. So <laughs> yeah, don't like face tattoos. Well, do you think it's either. the tattoo that's the problem or do you think they were like that all along, but then the tattoo just enhanced I think them. that the tattoo became a physical representation of who they were. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's them then. <laughs> so actually, yeah, in a way it probably does. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Also, I don't know if people can tell this, but if my nose sounds like it's a little bit stuffed, I are, I literally got allergies like the second that, <laughs> that Brandon got here. Wait, which is funny because I have worn – so he's allergic to dogs. I have a dog. I have worn stuff that has definitely had dog hair on it before. This was like packed away in my closet. Haven't worn it uh, other than one time, but I didn't pet Coda when I wore it. Um, and I put it right away, but for whatever reason, it's just hitting you today. Yeah, it's the worst. Having pet allergies, it's no bueno. No bueno. Don't recommend it. Um, what else? Oh, we got to talk about, uh, should, should we do this? The the big topic of discussion? Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about it. All right. So we talked about this on our little uh, rooftop social distancing hangout uh, the other day. Um, and, and I've thought about this in the past, but... Uh, the topic of discussion is basically if your significant other were to go into a coma, how long would you wait for them to wake up? And just for the sake of this, you know that if they wake up, they're going to be okay. Like they're going to have their, which definitely changes things a lot. Cause if yeah. you know that, like at least there's, there's the payout in the end of waiting. Right. Um, so they're going to be fine. It's just for whatever reason, they're in this coma. And, um, and I also preface it with, well, we could do both. We could do like, maybe it's someone you just started dating. You're not really sure about things. And then maybe like someone that you would consider, okay, I was planning on marrying this girl. Okay. So, um, let's do somebody that like, maybe we just met first. So like, well, let's say maybe we've just been, um, you met them in the last like six months you started dating them in the last few months. Um, so, like, at that point, but, but, like, but things are going well. Like, it's not like you're thinking, like, eh, I'm a little iffy about this beginning. Let's say things are going really well. I think um, I would it's, – it's definitely hard to pick, like, the exact date on it because it's, it's a very much a feeling thing. But I think I would have to wait at least the amount of months in which I was dating that person and see, like – if I still feel strongly for them, then I would, I'd continue to wait it out. I think what could happen in just like thinking about situations before, like I could just start to lose the feelings after a while. And like, it might, I might start to feel detached from the situation. So I'd kind of play it. Like I would wait a couple few months and then I'd see if I actually am continuing to feel something. If I'm still continuing to feel something. Yeah. I might wait a little bit. Um, but I can't see this as being a situation where I would wait like years and years unless I really, really felt good quickly about that person, which could happen. Okay. And then what the other one, you, you think that this is the person you're going to marry. I think it's the person that you're going to marry. I just, I really don't think that I could 
I, I like it would take probably a couple of years that I would realistically feel like I, I could get into the headspace where I would just kind of accept like, okay, this may not ever be a thing with this person. Like it would, it, it would take me a while to get to the, a place where I have to just accept that feeling and just knowing myself, like I don't get over strong bonds and strong feelings very easily. Like it's, it's, and Brandon knows this about me. I like, don't fall very like quickly or very I don't want to say easily, but like I, it it takes a little while for me to have like that much respect and really feel that strongly. So if I get to that point, I'm gonna hold on to it pretty firmly. So I think after like a couple of years, I'd have to see how that was feeling. But I can't imagine any scenario where anything less than like probably two years that I really would be able to just like let go enough that I even could date somebody else or even think about doing it. Okay. All right. So this is going to be a controversial answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So I honestly, I'm going to say for both of them, I'm going into it thinking I'm waiting forever. And here's the thing. Okay. Any relationship that I start out with someone, I'm already kind of thinking like, I, I've, I've fallen somewhat for this person because I think that there is a future with this person. Now, that can obviously be, be disproven uh, throughout the relationship. Um, but to me, um, like w- the idea of love and the significance of that person and falling for that person, I don't, I don't believe that there's only one person for us out there. Um, there might actually statistically be one person who's the best for us compared to everybody else. Um, but, uh, but I would just say that like, I want to, I want to bring that commitment to the table of, uh, with you, uh, you've got me, uh, until you lose me type thing. And, And this coma thing wouldn't be them doing anything to lose that bond. And I want that commitment to stay strong. And I'm not saying that, realistically there isn't a chance that like Steven says, maybe I lose feelings a couple years into waiting or something. I can totally see that happening, but I want to go into this experience feeling like I'm going to wait forever for this person. That's what they mean to me. That's the commitment I'm willing to put, bring on the table. And, uh, yeah. One thing that we did talk about though is if like they were th- thinking about breaking up with us before the coma. Well, th- and that's actually like, <laughs> part of this for me is like you just you don't know exactly what was going through their mind like leading up to it. like you might, but we don't we didn't really specify that in this. But like there, that's always a chance. And also, y- you'd think that the person that if this person is so great that they would want you to be happy and not feel like you need to wait for years and years for them. So I guess my my like question to you on this is like how would you feel if you lived your life and they never did wake up so like you went through your whole life and i guess in this scenario i don't know how long that somebody can even last in a coma for i don't i don't know how this works if there's a certain point where they i don't know how that part of it works but like do you think that there would be resentment or do you think that there'd be a negative feeling if the person never did wake up and you like if you felt like you didn't you think there's a chance like you didn't do what you were supposed to do in your life? Um, no, because, uh, and, and I have definitely thought about that. But uh, number one, it would be it would be a very uh, lot like I'm coming from a place of I. This is how I think fundamentally. I want to approach it. Um, so uh, there there is some like passion to it and whatnot. But it's also like I actually think fundamentally if I'm going to say like you know, this person, like, uh, I'm really committed to this person. This is the commitment I'm willing to offer. And, um, and love is only one piece to the, to the whole puzzle. You know, people die alone, you know, not, not alone, alone. I mean, people die alone, alone too, but, uh, you know, people die without a significant other, uh, and not, it's, it's not like the complete end of the world. Um, so I think that, if that was the case, I made that commitment to this person and then they just didn't wake up. I can die knowing that I gave this thing a chance. I, I did still give true love a chance and I was hoping that things ended up work, working out, um, but they just didn't. And I still lived my life separately from that situation. Um, 
Now, if I was just sitting by their bed the entire time, not doing anything else, and my life went to shit, then then maybe that's on me a little bit. But I'm saying, like, if I'm still living my life separately, but my heart is still committed to that person, um, I think I could still live a happy life um, on the thing separate from from that one puzzle piece. That's yeah. I don't know. I. I do think that that would be something that I would have a tough time with. Like that that's the that's like the part for me cuz I think in relationships a big lesson that I have learned is to that sometimes you just have to do what you need to do and make decisions for yourself otherwise you kind of resent other people and I I can see a scenario where part of me would be upset that maybe I didn't do some of the things that I wanted to do because I would have held on to something on just a hope. But but here's the the distinction though. I'm not making this decision for them. I'm saying this is what I want to do. Yeah. I'm saying that I want to have the commitment to somebody that is that significant. That, yeah. That no matter what, I'm going to wait for you forever. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, I guess if I got to the point where I felt that strongly in it, that would be a determining, like a huge determining factor. Because if I if I could if I didn't feel any sense of like I was sacrificing anything for my own self because I just cared that much about the person. Cause I could see a scenario where that could happen to me. Cause when you first said this, I was like, I don't think I could just wait completely for the rest of my life. Just because if it didn't happen, I feel like I would have wasted some of my life, mm-hmm. but I feel like, are you really wasting your life? If it's on the hope of someone you really care about, on just like that chance that they might wake up. Right. That's a t- I, I think the scary part for me would be what if they woke up and they didn't want to be with you? Like that part scares me a bunch. It's just like not knowing that when they wake up that like, like what if they wake up and then you stick it out for a year and you just find out, hey, you know what? It's just, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. That That's terrifying to me because that's a possibility. And I think that that's probably what makes me the most nervous to say I would wait because of course if it was a movie – yeah, probably, you know, you get together and it's perfectly fine. But there are definitely some other factors. Like, you think you know someone, but then you can find out that you don't know the person as well as you thought. And, like, I've thought I've known people, and then they ended up not being who I thought they were. Like, that kind of that part kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. So there's definitely – it's definitely tough for me to say that I would wait forever. Well, here are a couple of things I want to touch on. One thing that people say all the time with this is, well, if I was in the coma, I would want the person to move on and be happy. And my response to that is, number one, this is something that I struggle with just in terms of grief processing in general. Like, how significant is our love if we just move on from it? You know what I mean? Like, I get that we're told that this is the logical step. We just move on and keep living our life. We're still here, whatever. But some part of me is like, but should we? Like, if if I lose someone I absolutely love and, like, was hoping that, like that part of my heart shouldn't move on from them. You know, should I try to heal and, and find somebody new to not not to replace them, but they do replace that, per, you know, that, that bond that I had. Um, some part of that just sits oddly with me. And selfishly, I also am kind of like, if I was in a coma and it was someone that I absolutely love, they absolutely love me, we were going to get married, uh, whatever, uh, as much as I would accept the fact that they moved on and, and be happy with the fact that they're happy, I want them to be happy with me. You know, I want to be the one to make them happy. So I can't just say, I can't just say like, oh, I'm a hundred percent totally happy with the fact that you didn't wait for me. I would wake up and be kind of like, damn, this yeah, fucking sucks. I would too. Yeah. That, like <laughs> I definitely think if they moved on, if I felt like they moved on like really quick, like oh okay yeah so you really cared that much I see because I it does drive me crazy in general when people move on so quickly yeah and uh, the other thing I was gonna say um, is oh I this might just be a I, I think I've noticed a difference in the way that I approach relationships than uh, a lot of people and it's it's kind of a vulnerable place to be in for me I feel like sometimes and it's hard for me not to take it personally. But I think that I hear a lot of times people um, approach things 
kind of as a self-preservation thing where they're like, well, there's a chance that this isn't going to work out. And I get, obviously, realistically, there's always that chance. But I'm kind of of the mindset of like, I'm always thinking the glass half full type of mentality where it's like, I'm thinking this is going to work out. And I'm, I want to be surprised if it doesn't in a way where I, as I feel like a lot of people kind of have that, that positioning mentally where it's like, well, I got to prepare myself for this not to work out and then let it surprise me if it does. And I'm just like, but you're just like waiting for it to fail. Kind of, you're like expecting that it fails. And I also worry psychologically that there's somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You think that, oh, this could probably fail. This is going to fail. And what things can I pick apart in the relationship where now it's going to fail? Do you think that it's it's a bad idea in all cases to go in assuming it will probably fail just based on like just sheer stats or just the expectation that most relationships will not last? Well, I just, I mean, if you, if, if you want to look at everything statistically, then, then yeah, it makes sense to assume that it's going to fail, but the things that work out beat the statistics. So shouldn't I go in hoping that it beats the statistics? You know what I mean? Like if most marriages end in divorce, am I going into that marriage expecting it to end in divorce? No, I'm going to expect us to stay together and work through things and be married, you know? So uh, if I'm going to make that, if I'm going to commit to that person, that's, I'm going to expect us to beat the, the odds to, to um, not, not be another number. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I'm misguided on that. No, I bring it up because I definitely go into things expecting the worst. Like that has just kind of always been how I handle situations. And it definitely for relationships, I go in assuming, you know, this probably won't last. So let's just, uh, let's, but let's like, let's try to make it last. Like I, I, it's not that I don't want it to last. Like I go in hoping that it will, but I, I've never really thought about going into a relationship and just assuming that it it should work because that's like what my expectation should be. Is that if I, I mean, at this, it's also true too that like I haven't really had like a serious girlfriend in a while. So like I wonder if nowadays, because like when you have relationships when you're younger, I do feel like it especially probably is a good mindset to have. Like you know, this probably isn't gonna last, so you don't like pu- like put that on yourself when you're I don't know 18 years old or something. It's probably like a little bit different now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I don't I don't really know which mentality is better. I think a big part of it just depends on like what type of person that you are because I think I think you have to know who you are cuz for me that just works for me is to say, "Hey, this is probably going to fail and I have to work to make sure that this won't fail." I don't know if that makes sense or if that's a good mentality to have, but that's how I've always done it. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I but just you hate like, it. I I <laughs> I do hate it cuz I'm just like like me, I I work very hard to make sure that my significant other is happy and and but I have the other mentality of like I am assuming this is going to work, so I'm going to work to make it work as well. And I'm not going to give up because I'm uh, assuming that this isn't going to work. I I and I I also maybe it's a little different for me because um like like I haven't had a girlfriend for three years and before that I didn't have a girlfriend for two years. And then before that I didn't have a girlfriend for five years. So it's not like I'm just jumping from girlfriend to girlfriend. Um, or it might've been four years on that time, but anyways, (laughs) we need all these specific (laughs) details. (laughs) So like any time that I'm going to even commit to that relationship, um, I'm, I'm already kind of in the mindset of like the reason I'm even committing to this relationship is because I, I could see a future with this person. Um, and that's not me saying it's 100% for sure going to happen. I understand there's a realistic, uh, probability that things, maybe I'll find out something about them that we're not compatible with and we need to move on from each other. I'm okay with finding that stuff out and moving on, but 
uh, part of me, when I get into that commitment uh, of that person, the loyalty of the relationship, I'm going into it thinking, um, this is going to work. I'm going to make it, I'm going to work to make it work until we prove each other wrong, basically. And so it, sometimes when I hear the other side, when I hear like your side of like, I, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think f- different philosophies can be just fine. When I hear your side, like, uh, if my significant other is saying that to me, I'm just like, but it sounds like you're making decisions like with that, with that philosophy, you're going to make decisions because you don't, there's a chance that we won't work where I'm saying, why don't we work together to find something? I don't, I don't want you to make any sacrifices for me specifically just me, but why don't we work together because we think that we are going to work. So we do some things to try to set it, set ourselves up for success. Basically. I, I think there, there's a fine line in this for sure, because I do think that one thing in myself, I need to be better about thinking like, you know, it really could work. Like, especially from this point forward, like at the age that I'm at now, but I, I don't know. I, I think I definitely do think that we handle these types of things a bit differently, which is kind of cool just to hear what, what your mentality is in it. But I don't know that either of them is like specifically right. I think no. that some people it might be better to take your approach. It might be better to take my it might be better to take an approach that we haven't even discussed here. To be honest with you, I don't know what that approach would be. But well, what I will say is in the short time that I've asked people this question, I am the only one that thinks the way that I Okay. <laughs> so most people Yeah, but I also think that most people have trash relationships. So like I it, I I do think that. I mean, not only do, do a lot of relationships end in divorce or end in breakups, but I don't think a lot of the ones that stay together are necessarily good relationships. Like I think a lot of and we've talked about people just date for the wrong reasons or stay together for the wrong reasons. So I don't know. I I just think it's something that everybody should evaluate a little bit differently from time to time because just because you've had one mentality doesn't mean that that's the winning mentality. And especially if you're having issues dating or all your relationships just kind of suck, like maybe start thinking of it this way is don't date someone unless you feel like you want it to succeed. Because if I, as dumb as it sounds, I think some people they go into and they're like, yeah, you know, it's not going to work. But like, I, I really think a lot of people go into these types of relationships where it's like they date these these people and they don't treat them well at all. And you're like, yet yeah, people just keep going in these endless cycles of getting into relationships, not being treated well. And it's like, do you really want to be in a good relationship or you just love the up and down uh, roller coaster of these horrible relationships? Right. And and that's a good point, too, because I feel like. Like the saying kind of goes that uh, a lot of times when, when relationships don't work out, the, the thing is. It's not necessarily like sometimes people are are bad at relationships for sure, but I think there are a lot of times when when people are just normal people. Yeah, they have their flaws, but but what it is is they're just not with the right person. So you so you so you like listen to what happened with the relationship, and it's like, well, no, you're fine. It's not what you did. You're just awful at being a partner. It's just you were with the wrong person, and so that mentality is like okay well now i can i can be committed and stuff i just got to be more calculated about who the person is that i that i bring myself and the way that i handle relationships into it and i also think that um oh shoot i'm losing my train of thought um with uh with with relationships you experience past relationships and i think it's there is a, a line of like you learn from things in la- relationships, but I also think there is a certain point where if you meet a person that treats you right and that makes you happy, you feel good things about like you are compatible with them, like it checks all these boxes. Um, I think that sometimes those people deserve a clean slate of a, a to a certain extent, like that even though maybe your past your last relationship sucked, like mine did, you know I don't want to bring my last relationship into this one and and hold uh hold my current girlfriend to a standard that she never had a chance with because i'm thinking about my last relationship that's not fair to her and um and so i i I do think that 
there there's a, a place of like learning logically and, and just paying attention to these certain like cues and stuff, but also allowing yourself to develop and fall for a person separate from anything that you uh, experienced previously. Um, is there anything else on this? Like, this is actually. Like, why feel we get into so many of these relationship topics? But I just th- this is definitely one of my favorite like realms to dive into, especially because I feel like people are so people are so like opinionated on this type of stuff. Yeah. Anything we didn't uh, cover? Well, w- I guess something that I wanted to talk about that just made me think about it. Um, <sighs> and this is a, a completely different thing, but uh, being in a um, a man. Uh, when I was in my master's program, there, I was in a marriage and family uh, therapy course, and we talked about um, marriages and how, like, infidelity in marriages and how, like, uh, more commonly men cheat physically, but women cheat emotionally. Um, do you have a Do you have an opinion on what is worse? physically cheating or emotionally cheating do you think that um in if you're in a marriage do you think that that should be the end all say all or do you think you should still try to work through it do you have any uh, opinions on like is that a breach of contract so to speak and you should move on or you should try to work through it i know this these are such broad topics but this is a good one i so just i would i quickly just thought that through because i've never been asked this question before but I would say that physical cheating is worse than emotional cheating, and the reason why I think this, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe like we'll talk this or maybe I'll change my mind on it, but I just think that it's it's actually more difficult to physically cheat than it is to emotionally cheat. I feel like emotionally cheating, like you can have an emotional day and you can just like send a text message or you could just like call somebody, but the physical part, I think you have more time to like back out of it. Like I think there's like a lot more steps along the way where you can back out of it is the reason why I would think that I might disagree with just specifically that part. Not necessarily like that. You, you think you have more time to back out of emotional? Yeah. Cause if you fall for somebody emotionally, like I, I'm starting to fall in love with a different person from my significant other, that's going to take some time to develop. And I keep spending time with them. I keep talking to them, even though I'm starting to feel things for them. Whereas, uh, uh I could have a one night stand that like I go out to a bar, I get drunk this yeah. person hits on me. I've been having a shitty time with my wife and I'm just like, and then drunk me ends up fucking this chick. Okay. Then let me specify this then. Cause this is a good point. Cause I can see how this could be misinterpreted when I'm saying that it's easier to emotionally do it. I'm thinking of just like whatever you like that, that first step I think would be easier to send something that like is emotionally leaning. But I think that like, if it's just one act of doing it, I think that physical is worse. Okay. Like I just, th- I, I was literally just thinking of like, you kind of um, send like a flirty text or something mm-hmm. that like, that could like that little emotion of like, you know, you're like really great. If anyone's never told you that before or something like, I think that that is, I don't think that that's as bad as like physically like having sex with someone that you're not dating. But I a hundred percent agree that if it gets to the point where you're like, leaning on this person a lot and like really like feeling for this person and like there is a feeling of like attachment emotionally and it's like a like a reoccurring thing that that i don't know that i don't know if it's worse but i'd say it's like probably on par and like it could maybe be worse because you're right like uh it's one thing to just like your sex life is uninteresting with this person and you for some reason decided that that meant that it was okay to just go hook up with somebody else like that's one thing but it's uh i don't it's sort of like which one is actually worse but the fact that they're even comparable kind of shows me that maybe we don't look at it in society as being comparable maybe that we should do that more often well yeah i mean that was the conversation that we had in my master's program was uh, that um like certain people are hurt differently by certain things, but typically we, all we talk about is physical cheating, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely times where, you know, I've heard people talk about their work husbands or something. I'm just like, man, if I was your actual husband, I, I would not feel comfortable. Like I get like having work friends and stuff like that, but it's like, 
I want to be the person you lean on. I want to be the person you talk to, you know, I bring me along for that ride. Like I want to be your confidant, I, you know, so, so it, it makes me a little more, uh, uneasy about that. Um, and again, if I talk about like the significance of loving someone and, and that bond and, and like even the coma thing, like waiting for that person forever, um, if I have that commitment, but they're falling in love with another person while they're, I understand that it happens, but I, so I feel like just thinking about it, I might be more hurt by that than uh, a situation where they, I was treating them like, let's say that I was treating them like shit for like, we just were because like in a marriage, like sometimes you guys just aren't good to each other and yeah. you got to work through it. So let's say we're going through one of these rough patches for like years or something. And we were trying to get on the same page. I was busy with work, you know, whatever. And, um, there just was one night where she got weak and got drunk and then hooked up with a guy like a hundred percent. That would hurt. That would suck. But I think I would be more hurt by if through that time that we were having a rough time, I found out that she had been going and talking to this guy, hanging out with him, crying to him about me, uh, falling for him, telling him how she felt about him and all this stuff like that would really sting. You know, I would, my pride would really be stung by that. Um, but then again, if it was both, if she then had slept with that guy, then it's for yeah. sure over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I agree that emotional would hurt me more like that. That would really, that would eat me up after a while because then it's just like emotional means that, there's a good chance that it just what you have with the person is just not good. Like if they, if they can become emotionally invested in someone else, it's like, well, then it kind of feels like you lose them. Somebody right. could just screw up and do something physical for like a night. Um, I don't know, but if it's, if it's like reoccurring physical too, then yeah, that would, that's a new story too. Yeah. Because then it's like, how much is there not anything more to it than just that? I, but I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be though. Like maybe somebody, just they found the sex with the person to be that boring that they just were like, I guess I just have to go hook up with someone else. But that doesn't, that's not okay. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, if you give us to that point, I feel like you have to have a conversation with your spouse. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, could we try something different? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Can we open things up a little bit here? Uh, How about like, uh, we do the whole like Pokemon, like role playing or something. I don't know. What? Pokemon role playing. I don't know. Like some of the, some of the girls on Pokemon, I always was like, that was a real life person. She'd be pretty hot. Like what? Like nurse or officer Jenny? What was it? There's nurse, nurse Jenny. Officer. Well, didn't they all look the same? All the nurses looked the same, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but the officers. I was more into the officers. Actually. They had blue hair, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. The officers were looking. You good. you like blue hair girls? I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm big. On you're that. not you're not as big on tattoos, but if a if a girl has blue hair, you're all about it. Yeah. They look like an anime character for sure. All about it. <laughs> oh, we should show your body pillow. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that anime chick. Wait, the w- get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, anything else on this? Not on this. No, we can uh, move wow. on. Wow, wow, that was uh, that was heavy. That was heavy. That yeah. was like really heavy, especially because like I didn't, I knew we were t- like talking about some of that stuff, but not all of it. And th- and this is the kind of stuff that Brandon and I we just talk about, like. We talk on the phone. Yeah, we'll be like, so how about the game last night? Or, you know, how about, how would you do yesterday? But I feel like we talk more about stuff like this than we probably talk about just like basic day to day things. Especially because, like, I don't like just like small talk. So I'm yeah. just like, let's talk about something that's that's actually like more to it. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that I mean, we've probably said this before, but that's been the, I think, a big. Um, component to the longevity of our friendship is uh, <laughs> these kinds of conversations and just like uh, examining these things that aren't black and white, you know? Um, Cause I really don't think they are black and white. Like even my coma, like I really feel strongly about my coma thing, but I understand and, and just like the approach to relationships in general, but I understand that. I mean, it's not like I'm married. It's not like I have the white picket fence. You know, I, I haven't figured it out. So I understand that there are there are multiple different approaches and that uh, a lot of them can work if you find the right person. So that's just what the conversations are about, I guess. Yeah, but that's the uh, life of me, me and Brandon. 
and and a lot of things also you'll get from I don't know if anyone watched the vlog video I did uh, a few days before this episode will actually drop, but just like him and I walking around Chicago, those kind of conversations of just being kind of goofy, like, yeah, some of it's like played up a little bit for the camera, no doubt, but part of it is just like, we do just make these types of uh, back and forth, like our little like dynamic that we got. Yeah. It's a, it's a rare find. Um, Are we about to kiss? Uh, no. <laughs> I tried to... I try to make it sound just like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the intro of the podcast. If you uh, listen closely to the theme song, you can hear it. Uh, not even listening that closely. You probably hear it. <laughs> if you don't listen closely, you're going to miss you gotta it. you got to play it backwards, and then you'll hear yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hidden. It's underlined. <laughs> uh, let's talk about everyone loves this topic. Everything must sports. <laughs> everything must sports. <laughs> no, no. It's not really everything must sports, but there's something I brought up i texted this to brandon a few days ago and i wanted to talk about it a little bit on today's episode and uh, if you hate sports make sure that you uh delete everything must go from your playlist uh <laughs> delete every app that has podcasts honestly on just never go on youtube again <laughs> don't ever go on any podcasts this will ruin it for you i promise but this is this to me this goes beyond sports maybe not to you but to me so LeBron James, and especially it's very fitting because he, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, it's official. It's official that he is going to his tenth NBA championship in his career. This is year seventeen, so more than half his career he has gone to the championship, and uh, he's only won three up to this point. But everyone will tell you he is the favorite. Him and the Lakers are the favorite to win it this year. So let's say he does win it, it would be four. I don't even want to get ahead of that. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up here today, I've been uh, a huge LeBron fan my entire, uh, pretty much since I started caring about sports almost. Like a few years into me caring about sports, Cleveland Cavaliers drafted LeBron. He's from not too far from where I grew up. And uh, like it's to the point where when I was uh, maybe middle school, I forget exactly what grade I was in. But I was asked if I wanted to go see LeBron play in high school because like his high school wasn't that far away, and I didn't go. <laughs> so I'm really, I really dis- uh, I'm disappointed that I, I didn't get to go see him play in high school. But I've watched his whole career go down, and now going to the 10th championship, when this guy's career is done, the type of records that he's going to have is, uh, I mean, I-, I forget the exact pacing, but it looks something like most points of all time and then top 10 in both assists and rebounds of all time. And he gets a lot of hate from people because, you know, Jordan, especially, it's relevant. In the last dance, Jordan, he won all six of the championships that he went to, and he only played for 13 years in his career. So his career was pretty much flawless. Like, the guy just was an absolute winner, won so many scoring titles, and it's hard to poke a hole in his game. Whereas LeBron, you know, he's only three for nine in championships, uh, he had a couple of moments in the playoffs where he really faded down the stretch. So I get some of the criticism, but when you look at this man's collective body of work, he changed the NBA. He's going to be top 10 in th- the three most talked about categories in basketball. He still might win six NBA championships just like Jordan. Sure, it might take him 13 championships to do it, but like, where do you draw the line on why he's not considered amongst, or why is he not considered the GOAT? Like, I understand that most people will tell you it's Jordan and maybe Jordan had his peak. Maybe he was better than LeBron, but I, I just, when people say that it's just over, it's just a hundred percent. It's gotta be Jordan. I, I don't, I don't understand how we can just rule out what LeBron has done. Yeah. Well, it, and, and if he were to win six, taking 13, he would have had made it to as many championships as Michael Jordan played years in the NBA, which yeah. is pretty nuts. But yeah, I, that, that's, I I think this is one thing that you and I not that we're not in agreement on things ever, but this is one thing that I'm I, I'm with you on is I, I'm not even uh, making an assertion that he is the goat or um, you know Michael Jordan isn't or I'm not even saying who is, but to to not be able to have a conversation I think is a little ignorant of uh, of what LeBron has done. I think. Um, you know, he's done some things that Michael didn't do, like his longevity, his uh, he got to the championship uh, more than Michael did. Um, and I also think 
Well, number one, he also met a dynasty in the in the NBA Finals. So some of those losses, like, and, and he beat them once too. So yeah. it's, it's uh, I, I think it's uh, tough to do that. But I also think you know when we talk about LeBron cha- changing the game, I also think um, LeBron went through a game change. You know, when Steph Curry just started dropping all these threes, he, Curry really changed the NBA and spread the floor out. And so all these teams, uh, the the big man wasn't as big of a deal. So LeBron also had to adapt his game to a changing NBA, and he's still successful. He's incredible still. Um, so I just uh, – and it's not like LeBron doesn't have any moments. I remember um, a couple years ago on the Cavs – um, he hit a runner off the glass to win the game. Was it against the Pacers? It was against some team. Um, it, like he had nobody. He was carrying the team for those games, and um, and I just think that like he just has moment. Like even la- last game against the Nuggets, he took that game over. What was the stat line to end? I think it was thirty-eight points. 16 rebounds, 10 assists, or something along those lines. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it was a he, crazy triple-double is what it was. He changed positions. Um, now he's like the point guard in his 17th season, pretty much. Like, it's nuts. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I think that there are some things that LeBron has done that you, you, you can definitely make an argument for it. Um, I just uh, – I also think that um, – it's difficult. I think a lot of the old timers get stuck in the old days and just be like George Mikan. George Mikan's <laughs> the best player of all time. <laughs> you know, they don't want to admit that. Uh, is it maybe possible that athletes get better as we evolve as humans? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I just, I just think one of the interesting parts is like basketball is the, literally the only sport where people think that the old players are better than the modern players. Like no one, nobody thinks. That if you brought Babe Ruth in today's MLB, he would just for sure be the best player of all time. Like, you, it doesn't take any common sense to know that Babe Ruth was facing guys who threw the ball like 20 miles an hour slower, who were uh, mechanics in the offseason. Like, for some reason in basketball, we have this just like thing where it's like, oh, no one's better than the, the days of Larry Legend. There's like a very, it's like a sweet spot. Everyone knows like the really old NBA players are not as good. But for some reason, this like '80s and '90s era of basketball, oh, those are all the best. Yeah, it's very weird. And even just when you consider the greatest player of all time, is it like I guess one of the arguments would be is the argument that the greatest at their peak, or is it the greatest collective work? Because maybe, and there are stats. I think it's a, what a per that whatever the NBA stat is, it's like sort of uh, a cumulative score that you get for everything that you do for your team. I think that at uh, Jordan's peak, it's the highest ever, like higher than LeBron's. But to just rule out that your collective body work is not important. I mean, as Brandon said, I don't know that LeBron will go to 13 championships, but like he might. (laughs) And if he goes to 13 championships, he's going to have been the best player on all those championships, except for uh, who knows, maybe like the, the 12th or 13th or something, he's not the best player anymore, but he's been the best player on every one of those 10 championships, and it's not even a debate. The closest debate we have ever had is now with with Anthony Davis, and that's not a knock on LeBron. That's a Anthony Davis is a top five player in the NBA, and he has a good shot at going down as an all-time great player. So that's not a knock on LeBron. It's very interesting to me that we, like, as just a society, as sports fans, we just we like to hold the past up on a pedestal. And it's like, when LeBron is done, and we can actually just kind of take a step back and just look at everything that he has done, I really feel like people are going to start to to appreciate like that we have seen absolute greatness. Mm-hmm. We have seen something that has transcended just sports. This guy has changed what the NBA play is like today. We now have players that just get to choose where they want to go. Back in the day, if you left your hometown city, it was completely like a frowned upon thing. Now we've got superstars teaming up. You may not like that, but you can't deny the impact that LeBron has had on the NBA. I mean, LeBron has changed the... I was telling Steven this the other day, 
uh, he's changed the offseason of the NBA. You can argue that the offseason of the NBA is almost as interesting as the regular season of the NBA because there are all these deals and moves that are happening. It's like, who's going to team up next? Who are we going to see of these like crazy, talented people? And uh, it, it makes... I think it makes the NBA super interesting to watch, and and uh, I love it. And, but I to go back to your point, like to be a, a player in the NBA for uh, almost two decades, and to be the best player for that long is de- <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> like you can't shy away from that point. It's that's pretty nuts, and it's not like there haven't been any good players. He played during Kobe's career. He played during uh, Kevin Durant, who's like an uh, unbelievable! Like people have made arguments that Peak Durant is better than LeBron. Um, so I mean, there's just like I don't know. It's all I'm saying is I don't think the conversation is over. I, I don't think that you can just black and white say MJ was better than than LeBron. I think uh, I think there's more examination to be done. And I even if it's inconclusive, I would rather have that than people just. Oh yeah, I, I'm not having the conversation. MJ's best of all time. Or I'm not having the conversation. LeBron's best of all time. Yeah, I hate when people say like years ago the conversation was over. I'm like, why? LeBron, years ago, LeBron, LeBron's got so many more years to go. Why don't any of those years count? Just because that maybe he peaked. I mean, to be honest, even though we say like his LeBron's peak years are over, in a lot of ways, the LeBron that we see here today, can we say he's like worse for your team? Like, he's so valuable for your team. He's just smarter than ever. He's a better passer than ever. He is less selfish than like. But yet, you can't say he can't turn it on. Like, these stat lines he puts up against very quality NBA teams are still absurd. I don't know that he is for sure still the best player in the NBA, but if I had to make a team to win for one season, I'm picking LeBron with first pick. It's not even a question. And I feel like that means he's the best player. Like, I don't know how you can... Like, sure, Giannis, maybe Giannis is a better player. Maybe Kawhi's but. I just, it's not a question of picking LeBron. Like, I I wouldn't even think twice. But I don't even think you can say those. I mean, because LeBron's game is so full. Like, he does so many things for you. Like, like Giannis can't shoot. So when he gets in the playoffs and teams just make him shoot, he crumbles because he can't, he can't do that. LeBron will drain threes on you all game. Yeah, if he's you let so him versatile. Shoot. Yeah. That's the thing, like. I, that's why I think LeBron is the best because even with those other guys, they're, they're, nobody's as well-rounded as LeBron. Like, there's literally nothing that LeBron isn't above average at except for free throws. It's like literally the only thing that LeBron is not like pretty solid at. It's absurd. And if there's something he's not like as good at, he gets better at except for free throws, which is literally it's it is so crazy to me because I'm like he, <laughs> the free throw line. I feel like if I just sat there and I just practiced free throws all the time. I could shoot okay. Like, you just think, like, any person could shoot okay. But you'd also think that being that tall, like, you'd think just, like, you're already, like, closer to the hoop. Like, come on. <laughs> How can you not get it? But then clearly that doesn't matter because, like, Shaq was horrendous at free throws and he's seven for one. But Yao Ming was really good at free throws. It is crazy, though, because it's one thing to just be a regular person that sits around and maybe you go to the – go to the rec center and, and practice free throws every day or something. But to be an NBA player and to not be good at free throws, it's it, crazy. it is pretty crazy. Especially when, like, you're a LeBron and you have, like, uh, the guy has, like, no weak. It's, it, it's, like, the most glaringly obvious weakness. He's so good at everything else. It's like, hey, uh, you don't need to actually get – you're so good, don't, you don't even need to worry about anything else. Can, can you just figure out how to get this ball in this hoop at this line – like 85% of the time. That's it. That's all he what, has. What is his free throw percentage? It's like 70% in his career. Like 72 bad. No, he's I, not even... That's the thing. I'm not even saying he's like bad. He's just like not particularly good. He's just like... Yeah. I don't know what the... I would guess like average is like around 75%. I don't actually technically know what it is, but it just... He's not particularly like that good at it. Didn't he miss a couple big free throws when he was on the heat for... Uh, game. He definitely missed some for the Cavs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember him a lot. It's so it is so frustrating when LeBron does all this just crazy stuff, and they're like, "Oh, he's in the line. He's gonna miss one of these. I just know it's gonna happen." He, he that's the time where he gets he's the most not clutch. Is those damn free throws? I how, swear. How often did you win frozen yogurt? Frozen. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually doesn't make sense for this. So, a lot of 
a lot of teams, what they'll do, like I had season tickets to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and in the second half, if the opposing team would miss both their free throws, everyone would get free really free frozen yogurt at a, like Cherry Berry is what they called it or something. But it wouldn't really make sense because you wouldn't get frozen yogurt yeah. if your home team misses the free throw. Yeah, I mean, if we were facing LeBron, which unfortunately I've seen that happen too many times. <laughs> he doesn't like staying in Cleveland for too long. He loves going to other places. Yeah, but he brought you a championship. Guess how many championships the Minnesota Timberwolves have? Uh, same as the number zero. Good job. Um, what was I going to say on this? No, I had a point. Um, I don't remember my point. <laughs> you were probably no. Really good. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was. Was it basketball related? Yeah, it was basketball related. But that's fine. We really talked about a lot of basketball here today. Anything else in basketball <laughs> we didn't cover? Uh, I just want to remind everybody that I beat Steven in basketball pretty bad. Oh, there we go. And he also beat me in NBA Live 06. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. You were winning all game. That Tracy McGrady injury really hurts you. Yeah. Brandon and I played NBA Live 2006, like, a few days ago. And I was winning the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter... I, th- I start going down a little bit, and then Tracy gets Tracy McGrady, my best player on my team, gets hurt, and I just completely implode. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely a winnable game for you. I think I was maybe up like four points or something when McGrady went down. But with McGrady, you can have a guy with a hand in the face, and he'll still drain a three. Yeah, um, which you did a lot that game. Yeah, then all of a sudden I got to rely on like Stromile Swift to carry the team. <laughs> which he kind of was, dude. Like I got so many offensive boards, it was pissing me off. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, it, it was it was a fun time. Definitely up for a rematch at some point. <laughs> um, I was wondering if there was anything else that you were like really pressing to talk about. Really pressing? Yeah. No, I don't think I have anything. Um, I got nothing. What about just what's going on in your world? What's on the What's on the horizon? What's something you want to do? We got Halloween coming up here. Halloween coming up. Um, I I might do kind of a funny monster match. No, <laughs> it'll be it'll be like a song that I actually um, like. Uh, not a Halloween themed song, but I might like. Like I was thinking, maybe doing like no diggity, but like dressing up with like slick back hair and sunglasses, and have a fan blowing and a button down shirt that's blowing in the wind. Something like that. I don't know. So not Monster Mash. <laughs> not, not Monster Mash. Um, but no, I do have some covers coming um, lined up that I'm going to be releasing here soon. So just uh, stay tuned to my channel. Um, and uh, th- those will be uh, coming out. Um, I think uh, Dean Lewis's Be All Right is one on my list. Titanium by Sia and uh, David Guetta. I think it's David Guetta. Uh, but yeah, just a, a couple, th- couple that I uh, have in the works that... We'll be releasing soon, uh, so stay tuned for those. What's going on with you? Well, since Halloween is coming up, uh, my initial goal was to make every video in October like Halloween-themed in one way or another. The more I think about it, I don't know how practical that's going to be, but I will definitely try to do as much as I can with that, from vlogs to topics. I'm, I, I'm just going to use Halloween as an inspiration towards what type of content that I'll do in the month of October. I really like Halloween a lot. I love what I try to do every year is I do 30 minutes of Halloween every day. So I pick 30 it could be anything. It could be like a TV show, could be a video game, could be I research just 30 minutes, something. You know, go outside, go to uh well back in the day we like going to like a haunted house or something. I don't know. Um I don't know all the content that I'll do, but that's one thing to definitely look forward to. On my, uh, ch- or maybe you hate Halloween, so you're not looking forward to it, but it's something that's going to be there anyways. <laughs> Nobody hates Halloween. Are you kidding me? <laughs> something that's going to be there anyways. So uh, that that will be one thing that I'll be doing. And um, I I keep saying this, but like I'm getting closer to being able to do an apartment tour video. I keep adding like little pieces here and there in anticipation of uh, doing that at some point. And... I I recently have started to put like together a weight room in my apartment because I wanted like a, a place I could just work out from home. So that's something I'm like super stoked on. Like it it makes a big difference because uh, with the winter coming up, I'm like I got I got to do something here. So yeah, I'm glad that you uh, 
I, I know that you were getting real restless with not being oh, able to go to the gym. So. Yes, very, very restless. And I think the restless, the restless. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good reference. Um, oh, and uh, I've been playing some more uh, Mario 3D All Stars. I got. I'm 95 stars in at the time of this recording of Mario 64, so I'm just 25 away. Hell yeah. Are these the really hard ones? Yeah, a lot of the really uh, really annoying, frustrating, like 100 coin stars is like 10 of them. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Best of luck to you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, if you guys uh, had any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to email us emgpod at gmail.com or you can call us and leave us a voicemail 513-427-EMG5. If you want to reach out to us on social media, the podcast is at emgpod. I am at Brandon J. Flippin. He is at Stephen Russell B. Thank you for sticking around and we'll see you next time. Uh, And also... Oh. Shout out to Jess for being our guest last week. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jess. Uh, that was a good time. Um, and yeah, take it easy, everyone. <laughs>